Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole life natural approach to health and the life-altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine. Well, welcome to another episode of Nutrigenomic Nation, where we talk about topics related to your genetic health. And we have a very special guest today. We have Dr. Janelle Kim. Dr. Kim is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. She's also nationally board certified in herbology, oriental medicine, and acupuncture. And Dr. Kim has completed extensive training in East Asia under some of the most respected doctors in the field of oriental medicine. So welcome to the program, Dr. Kim. Thank you so much, Brian. It's so wonderful to be here. Awesome. Well, our audience wants to get to know you a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit about your background and why you wanted to become a doctor in the first place? Absolutely. When I think back now, I I feel that I was put on this earth to do so. <laughs> so there's quite an answer, right? Um, but that does not mean that I always knew that this is what I was going to do. Um, uh, some history that is really important to me and anyone who wants to understand anything I wish to share is that I come from a long lineage of herbologists and doctors. Uh, my father's from Korea. That is where my lineage uh, kind of stems from, Korea and China for that matter. It all goes back to one source, right? And so I believe that that kind of just has followed me throughout my life. And when I was about 19 or 20, I decided to kind of drop my, my idea. I had grown up in a very academic background of going to study Western medicine because I knew I wanted to do something to help people. And really like this, uh, drop of a dime or whatever the phrase might be <laughs> that we choose, I decided to go with Eastern medicine and traditional oriental medicine. I use those kind of interchangeably, if you will, because I know what I have seen my entire life. I know, especially at that age of around 19, I in particular saw some experiences where I realized, my goodness, people have to understand this medicine, how much it can help us. And clearly coming from this lineage, it's just part of my destiny, if you will. And so that's what helped me to be what I am today. And certainly that's taken me to a lot of different paths that I didn't necessarily see coming. For example, even my lab, JBK Wellness Labs, I didn't envision that that's how I was going to share the medicine. I thought I'd be in clinic. So, so pretty amazing, really grateful every moment of my day to be in this position. Awesome. Great. And I know you've got extensive experience in a lot of different areas. Um, and I know you have a new book coming out. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and what was the inspiration for your book? I appreciate that, Brian. You're right. So for about 20 years now, I've focused on wellness and the beauty industry. You know, I've been an expert speaker around the world on that pillar, if you will. But I always have said that really there's three pillars, I believe, very strongly. Then this extends for centuries, you know, of understanding how to take care of ourselves and take care of our life and how we relate to the universe. And those three pillars are medicine, meditation, and movement. Okay. Those are words that I came up with, of course, that kind of fulfill what I believe 
mm, incorporates, if we encompass these into our daily life, we'll be able to achieve happiness, ultimate health. And so, as I said, I focus on the medicine pillar and movement is always something that just kind of exists, right? It moves our chi, it moves our circulation, however you look at it, it's important for our health. But now the meditation and the philosophical aspect is something that's always been very dear to me, really important. And so finally, with the launch of this book, um, you know, I've worked very hard for a very long time with my mentor, at least 10 years, you know, kind of documenting mm, different stories. My mentor grew up, who was my father, grew up in the mountains of East Asia. You know, this could be a whole conversation in and of itself, but ultimately yeah. the medicine that he w learned, and also I learned from other mentors, but as well as the philosophy and way of life. And so finally, I was able to put that in a book and I was able to find my publisher, Watkins, distributed by Penguin Random House here in the United States. So my wish, one of my greatest wishes was achieved. And to me, that just means I'm on the right track to making sure to share as much as I possibly can. So awesome. Well, let's dive down into each uh, little pillar a little bit. Um, sure. you, you talk, let's talk about medicine, first of all, because that's probably the broadest topic of interest here on at least this program. But what are some of the key points um, that you want people to understand when it comes to medicine? Absolutely. So first I'll say the book is called Nyangsang the Korean art of living meditation. And why I want to answer your question even in this way is I really stick to that understanding of that living meditation, right? So it means, and Myungsung for all those who may not know is translated as meditation. And so even when it comes to the pillar of medicine, what living meditation means is it's a part of our everyday life. You know, it's a certain awareness. Everything has to start from knowing ourselves, right? Because if we don't know who we are, if we're not grounded in who we are, how can we relate to anything around us? How can we take care of ourselves? You know, ultimately, our health is the most important thing because without our health, without our life, we don't exist <laughs> and nothing else really can matter, right? No matter what anyone's beliefs are. And so when you look at it that way, that's how I look at that pillar of medicine as well. Just as the philosophy, living meditation means we can sit down and meditate, you know, with certain practices for 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, days, years. The same thing can apply to medicine, right? Where we can kind of go on this, you know, th this month I want to try this diet or from, from now on I'm going to do this. And that's all wonderful. These practices, these tools to help us find balance ultimately, right? To make ourselves healthy and happy and functioning. But I'd like to take it back one step on all three pillars, medicine, movement, and meditation, which is where when you think of living meditation, for example, we don't just have to wait for those moments, right? We have to pay attention to how we can apply what we're looking to achieve in those moments, which I'm a huge proponent of, by the way, but how can we continue that process? How can we take care of our health, be aware of our health, be aware of our minds, bodies, even connection to our spirit, right? So in Eastern medicine, that's not some out there spirit religious talk. They're one and the same that creates our whole body and who that who we are. And so I think that that's really important for us, especially in this day and age, especially after the crazy almost two years we walk through, you know, we really have to be aware. I feel that now more than ever, we are really paying attention to our health because quite frankly, we had no choice, <laughs> no matter who we are, what part of the world, what age, which gender, you name it, right? And that's a pretty, pretty interesting thing. And so if we kind of take that, we can bring some positive out of that by realizing, wow, I really have to be aware. And how can I strengthen my, my body, my condition, my immune system, so that I don't have to try to avoid things coming my way, I can just balance with them. Great. And I know a lot of people that are, I mean, medic, medic, meditation is really becoming, uh, I feel more popular. I mean, I'm hearing Absolutely. about more and more people doing that. And yes. what are some tips you would have some people that want to start the meditation process and start some sort of daily routine? 
Absolutely. I appreciate that question because it's something that even in my life thus far has shifted a lot, you know, and what I mean by that is very obvious, if you will. I'm a working mother of two young boys. I have an eight-year-old. I have a four-year-old. I have an incredible husband who is my partner in, in multiple businesses that I run and look over with him. Um, so you get my drift here. So different than when I was 19 and sure worked so hard at getting my master's, you know, helping to build companies, no matter what portion of my life, I've always been very busy you know, not hopefully productive busy, but it's not always easy, especially right now in my life with my children to have a whole bunch of time to sit down. So how I incorporate it right now, and I think that's part of going with the Tao, right? Going with the flow, which is what I speak of often. Of course, we have to be rooted. We can't just fly around everywhere. But how do we incorporate right now how I practice meditation? Even 15 minutes when I first wake up in the morning. You know, it's important to find those moments, 15 minutes to do for right now in my life. I really, um, I study traditional martial arts. That's something that has always been a part of my life and I really enjoy it. I find that's very good for my condition. So I'll wake up and I will do a bit of breathing, but first something that not a lot of people think of that is a very ancient way of mm, practicing, if you will, is it's always important the way I understand, to do movement before you even sit down to do meditation. It's not something you hear very often, but you, you, now that I say it, you'll, you'll hear a few people talk about that. And I'm a huge proponent because what that does is doing some form of movement. For me, it can be like a form of Tai Chi or Qigong in the morning that really helps me to kind of rebalance my body and connect. And that's exactly what it does. It kind of connects your physical and your mind before you sit down and meditate. So that's kind of a tip that I have that not a lot of people know, whether that means doing a couple minutes of just stretching, you know, side to side, back and forth, or, you know, whatever you enjoy, do some kind of physical movement to get yourself in your physical body connected. And then you sit down for your meditation five minutes, 10 minutes, right? And so so that's how I currently, what I suggest and what I recommend, because I know that's how I, in my life, um, kind of practice those things. No, I think it's a great tip, you know, to, yes. to do a little bit of movement before getting into yes. uh, your meditation. Now, when people sit down, what are, because most people, when they get up, they're thinking of like, what I have to do today, yes. what's my to-do list? And I'm, I'm a busy person. I've got to get the kids to school. Um, how can they clear their mind a little bit when they sit down and get the most out of their, their, their five minutes of meditation. Absolutely. And I totally understand that. You know, I'm a huge proponent of, and ultimately what Myung Sung living meditation is all about. And when send one way of explaining it, it's these profound principles, these universal truths that exist that we hear from so many incredible individuals, but how do we apply it? I'm very much into how do we apply these things, right, to our daily life. And so that's kind of what I focus on here. Um, I hope I'm not going too far off tangent here, no. Brian. But so so why? Okay, so let's stick on that. So when we wake up in the morning, of course, it's natural. I, I understand that myself, you know, especially on Monday mornings. Here we are on a Monday morning, your emails start going off, all the things you have to check. And you know what, Brian, here's the thing. If we give ourselves, this is a, one practice of living meditation, right? true right and correct method okay we can go into that another time because we only have a limited time together but you know you have to look at each situation if we sometimes give ourselves these expectations or these rules if you will right it's good to have certain guidelines that we live by values ways of living but you know if i were to say never will i ever wake up again to look at my phone you know what the chances of me breaking that the chances of any of us breaking that are very high so, you know, if you wake up on a Monday morning and you have to look at the phone, go for it. <laughs> try not to. I, I try to practice going to my movement and my meditation, as I told you in the morning before anything else. But sometimes if we do that, all of a sudden we're hit with it. And so that's an example. But ultimately, I think that's really important to go through and realize it's not going to go away. 
right? I walked through a lot of ups and downs in my life. I know we all have a lot of challenges, some good and happy things. And ultimately it's the, as far as I'm concerned, the ultimate goal to be consistent, right? Never be too happy, never be too sad. <laughs> and that's our, all of our goals. It's not so easy, but that is our practice of loving meditation. But we have to realize that, you know what? This situation just presented itself or I have all these things in my plate, you know, for 15 minutes because my health is so vital because nothing will continue if I don't take care of that. I have to set aside even 15 minutes, even five minutes to make sure that I'm able to clear my mind so that I can see clearly myself and the situations around me, which help us with our health and wellness, which helps us with work, our family, parenting, every single thing. And if we kind of make ourselves aware of that and then put it into motion, right? We have to clean up on the inside too, not just everything around us. That's how I think it's a really great way of kind of quieting our minds or at least attempting to, and knowing sometimes I have five minutes, you know, maybe set your timer. I, I do this to myself sometimes for mm -hmm. five or 15 minutes. I set a timer because then I'm not thinking or whoever is thinking, you know, when you sit down, oh, I wonder what time it is. Am I almost done? No. So those, you let go and you focus on yourself. And what you start to realize is all your worries, all your joys are still there <laughs> when you come out of those 15 minutes, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> so awesome. No, it's, it's definitely, definitely some great tips when it comes to, when it comes to meditating. So movement before motion, setting a timer, those are, those are awesome tips yeah. for people that uh, and I highly recommend that. I, I think I think that you're you're hitting the nail on the head when it comes to your pillars and and the meditation tips that you shared with us today. Talk a little bit about nutrition, the aspects of, of medicine. What are some of the uh, the marriage of, of Eastern medicine with Western that that uh, people can really take advantage of? You know, Brian, uh, we just had a moment where our internet went out, probably because we discussed oh, it gosh. at the beginning. <laughs> so I heard the very end. I think I know what you're saying, but if you could um, just kind of summarize your question. I heard East and West. Right, absolutely. What topics. are some, uh, some, some yes. nutritional aspects when it comes to medicine of taking some of those um, Eastern traditions mixed with some Western medicine? What, what are our Western nutritional uh, yeah. aspects? What, what are some of those that people can really take advantage of? Absolutely. And nutrition is what I heard you say, yes. right? Kind of focusing. I love that. And I love that you speak on this so often. So many of you might see me right now. Maybe you're just listening, but I always say I'm kind of a walking example of East and West, right? <laughs> Literally, you can see it. <laughs> and so clearly I was put on this earth to, uh, to um, really value both. And I do. I, I value Eastern. I value Western. And I always say, and it's very empowering, that it's up to us to educate ourselves enough. We don't have to know every detail and make ourselves overwhelmed, but educate ourselves enough to understand when to use one and when to use another. But nutrition is one that, as far as I'm concerned, spans everything right? East, West, ancient to modern. It is something that is so important and something that I actually feel has been a little lost, particularly in our culture. We are a new culture. You know, you look at the ancient, more ancient cultures, the ones that have been around for a lot longer, European, Hispanic, um, certainly Asian, and you see that they're, it's part of their lifestyle, their eating habits. And it's not, sometimes their eating habits are often what we may read in a book right now, are not correct, they say, or not right. But in fact, we have to understand that, you know, eating in a balance. So nutrition, I'm going to speak on it in general, if, if I might for a second, and that's what I'm speaking on, Brian, you know, eating properly, eating consistently throughout the day is so incredibly important. And that doesn't mean, for example, eating consistently means just not being sporadic, not going too long without eating. You know, if intermittent fasting, for example, it's something I'm sure all of us hear of often, 
In fact, they're a form of that. I very much practice myself because I feel good doing it. When I was pregnant, I made sure to wake up in the morning and eat breakfast. It's important to do so at that point in my life, right? Mm -hmm. But right now it feels great in my body and I'm a big eater, anyone who knows this, <laughs> all types of food. You know, I'm, although maybe that's the Asian in me, but, <laughs> but certainly people know I eat, but yeah. I make sure of that come, you know, between 12 and 1 p.m. every single day, I, I eat a good lunch, a very balanced one. And that's what I'm speaking of. You know, for me and my condition, my constitution, that means I'm aware enough of my body that I know I actually need a lot of protein. You know, I think that's really important. Of course, our vegetables, you know, um, some very, you see what I'm saying? It's balanced mm -hmm. in that way. Carbohydrates, vegetables, meat. But my point being, instead of sticking on all the detail at this moment in time, is knowing your own body. You know, there's times where you might feel, you know, this week for some reason or today, I don't feel like eating very much meat, even though sometimes that's what gives me a lot of energy and I need that to feel nourished. But right now I don't feel that way. And I think that's the most important piece, making sure you kind of practice these, for example, consistent, I'll finish that answer. So for me, I eat from 12 to one. I don't snack very much because I eat a good meal that really nourishes me until about five, five 30 with my kids. It's kind of their regimen. We joke uh, a lot of my friends, my close friends, we joke that we're on, you know, this very early, but actually I find it to be what makes me feel the best. And I find it to be a very healthy regimen and easy for a lot of us, you know, well, maybe not so much with work and different things, but we find our way. And that's what I mean by eating consistently. So don't go until 3 p.m. not eating or snacking so much that, you know, on things that aren't processed foods or snacks. But then again, going back, like I said, if you're the kind of person who, for some reason, what makes you feel the best is eating healthy snacks in between your meals, you know what? Who is to say that that's not the, the correct thing for you to do? That's what I see. There's a lot out there. But my wish and what I always share is pay attention to how you feel. You know, a lot of times we don't even know how we feel. <laughs> how often do we sit down and think, gosh, that makes me feel good when I do that. Or right now, this is how I feel. It's a very funny thing. And it can be that simple, you know, that simple, but that powerful. So, so listen to all the things that are around us, but don't just rely on everything that everyone tells you. You have to experience it for yourself, you know? Great. Well, you mentioned your kids a couple of times. I'm just curious if yes. you have any tips to get your children to eat a nutritious meal, you know, get, get them to sure. eat their, their fruits and vegetables. Do you have any tips sure. for us? Sure. I have one that comes to mind pretty, pretty quickly. And it almost seems like, oh, of course, but not, not all of us think this way is, you know, for those of us who have our kids already kind of growing, um, there's a, there's a certain period of age where good luck, right? My four-year-old uh -huh. right now, he's, not one that you can, he's actually, he can be pretty logical and practical, but you know, you can't really sit down and have like a complete conversation for them to truly understand what you're saying. Different than my eight-year-old, I can now speak to him and help him to understand these things, right? Um, so the first tip I had, and then I'll go to my second tip, is for those of us who might be thinking of having kids, might be early on in the process, they're still babies basically, and not eating, you know, all the whole solid foods. If you start to give them certain vegetables, get their taste buds, used to them in the in the beginning there it's part of their life right and so i think that's really important um and it seems like i said it's like such a simple one that not a lot of people do so jackson my youngest my four-year-old loves salad he loves vegetables because from the very beginning i constantly incorporate it into his life but you know i watch him too same thing i just said and i see that by nature his constitution he really loves vegetables and fruit Whereas my oldest son, Vince, he's about eight, he really does go for a lot more of the proteins and, and that's what makes him. So I'm also aware of that within my children. Okay. Um, the second tip I had is, you know, some, uh, there's a story, uh, Vince, my eight-year-old, 
um, we were somewhere and someone wanted to give him Doritos, everything in balance. I really mm. do live by that. You know, if my son wants a Dorito, uh, you know, some Doritos every once and again, then have the Doritos. Because to me, if he cannot balance a bag of Doritos every once in a while, his body, we have a bigger problem, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, we can't avoid anything. We have to balance with it. There you go. But I, I've taught him ever since he was young and Jackson knows too. I teach him about, you know, this is this and you can have it, but just understand that in here is MSG for example. And mm -hmm. he actually, you know, I heard recently someone tell me, you know, I was offering Vince these chips and he looked on the back and said, okay, I can have these, but I just want you to know that there's MSG in here and that's really not very good for you. You know, and it, typical, right? Of course, right. Just kid. <laughs> but you know, it is important to, you'd, we'd be surprised how much they love to learn and uh, start those healthy habits. Commun I constantly am communicating with my kids. You know, whether it's about food, whether it's about the work that I'm doing, I'm constantly in communication with them, you know, with in relation to how old they are and what they can handle. But sometimes we have to remember our kids can handle and want to learn more than we could possibly imagine. So awesome. Well, we're running out of time, but I, I, I don't want to let you go without talking about beauty products a little bit, because I know you have some extensive experience in formulation. I know you have some products that are out there and high-end hotels and, and some other, uh, some other places. Um, so you have great experience in this. What are, I mean, a lot of people, they just buy whatever is cheap and easy at, at the uh, convenience store or at the drugstore. What are, what are some gotchas? What are some things that people need to really be aware of when it comes to their beauty products? Absolutely. So as I just mentioned, everything in balance. And so I always like to start with that because I don't want to be one more person to overwhelm another, right? But I will say this, I love things that just make sense. And so I am a proponent of natural and clean beauty. You know, 20 years ago, I was at the forefront of this. I was at the forefront of herbal products, you know, basically making the stance when, when clean, organic, natural products were just like coming to be, which is unbelievable to think about. Mm -hmm. And you're right. I have, um, we basically, my lab, myself, I formulate for behind the brand. Basically we formulate for big brands that are carried in your high-end spas, resorts, your ne Neiman's, Nordstrom, you name it. Okay. And so we get a lot of people coming our way and pretty much almost always we will formulate clean and natural products. And so the point that I'd like to make that I, that I just said, just to me, it just makes sense. And I find this to be the case for a lot is I look at it like this. Our skin, as we hear so often, is our largest organ, right? And as you've heard me say a few times now, we can't avoid anything. When we are sleeping even, especially if we wake up and we walk out the door, we have UV radiation, we have pollution, toxins, viruses, bacteria. I mean, it can feel really overwhelming. But we, we know that our bodies are miraculous. And if we make sure that they're functioning at their optimum, that's the key as far as I'm concerned for all three pillars, medicine, movement, and meditation, everything's functioning. And if everything's functioning properly, that's the ultimate goal and the secret to longevity and beauty, you name it. And so when you think of it that way, and you know that your skin is your largest organ, and you know that it has to work all the time to help balance with everything coming its way, internally and externally, right? Stress as well. It all kind of leads to that. Then why would we put our bodies through more stress than it needs to? And when you look at it that way, Remember, even if you're putting a skincare product that's filled with chemicals or toxins, right, um, preservatives, artificial coloring, artificial fragrances, all of that, you can, at the end of the day, that is myungsung, that is living meditation. At the end of the day, you always have the choice and no one can take that away from you. It is your choice. But maybe stop for a second and realize it is your choice. So why would we, if we have the choice, put tons of chemicals and toxins on our body, which ultimately absorb into our body and makes our body have to work so much harder than it already is, 
when we have the option to put things on our body that are clean, that are more natural, you know, ultimately our body likes to absorb those and assimilate them better anyways, right? So in the long term, it almost always, if not always, will work better anyways. So sometimes we look for that quick fix, but that's not always the answer. So if you think of it that way, I think you'll at least take a moment, which is my wish, to broaden your perspective a little bit and see, hmm, what should I do here? Get the cheapest product, or maybe I do spend a little bit more because I am putting it on my body, which mm-hmm. is going to absorb into my body. <laughs> so that's how I like that's it. That's great. great. Great advice. Uh, now, uh, Myung Song, the book, uh, when does yeah. that come out and how can people get that? Thank you. So it is available for pre-order right now on my website, Dr. Janelle Kim. It's um, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, pretty much anywhere you could possibly search. Um, and uh, like I said, it's available for pre-order now and it launches officially in January of 2022. So I'm very, very grateful for this. And I can't wait to be able to share, you know, so many principles that I know have helped myself in my life continue to, and have helped so many other people. Awesome. And mention that website again. So if people want to learn more about you and connect with you and, uh, make sure they pre-order the book, where, where do they go? Absolutely. So my website is simply my name, JanelleKim.com. And my name is spelled with an E, so J-E-N-E-L-L-E. And I really do try to um, be on social media as frequently as possible at this point, because I know it really is, as much as I myself have fought it a little bit, um, I have come to realize that it's truly as a way to connect to so many people. So I'm actually really grateful for this platform. So I'm on it more consistently. And so that's just under Dr. Janelle Kim, Facebook, Instagram. I've had to jump into the world of TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we don't have a choice anymore, but that's why I say it. I'll look no, at that's, that's great. <laughs> and and then you can connect with, with so many people through those, yes. uh, through those platforms. And that's awesome. So great. awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us, with us today, Dr. Kim. Our guest today has been Dr. Janelle Kim, who's a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine and nationally board certified in herbology, oriental medicine, and acupuncture. And her book, Mian Song, is coming out soon. You can go to her website, JanelleKim.com, to learn more about her and the book. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. All right. Well, we hope everyone enjoyed this episode of Nutrigenomic Nation and join us next time where we'll talk about another topic related to your genetic health. Thank you so much. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.